Daniel just for a, a brief setting to get these pictures so you'll understand what they mean. Let's look at Daniel chapter 7, and uh, let's read a few verses, starting with verse number 1. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. He wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven strove upon the great sea. And four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked. And it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet of a man, and a man's heart was given to it. Behold another beast, a second, like to a bear. And it raised itself upon one side, and it had the ribs, had three ribs in the mouth of it, between the teeth of it, and they said thus unto it, Rise, devour much flesh. After this I beheld, and lo, another like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl, and the beast had also four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this I saw in the night vision, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly it had great iron teeth it devoured and break in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it and it had ten horns I considered the horns and behold there came up among them another little horn before whom were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots Behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. Now, I'm not going to be teaching from Daniel. I read that for a purpose. The purpose is, he names some beasts. Now, we know by historical fact that these beasts that Daniel saw were representatives of powers coming to be. Now, the lion in Daniel's day, he was living in Babylon. He was a captive in the land of Babylon. If you remember Babylon, the word Babylon means what? Confusion. It was in Babylon where they built the tower where God confused their language. And uh, that's where they had the worship of all kinds of gods, gods of the sun, gods of the sun, of the moon, the stars, the planets, all kinds of gods. And this lion that he saw was, of course, in history represented by the country he lived in. Then after that one, there came another power and overthrew it. And, of course, the history tells us that the bear, of course, overthrew it 
and that represented Medo-Persia. Then the fourth animal, or the third animal rather, was a leopard, and uh, that was representative of the land of Greece under Alexander the Great that overthrew Medo-Persia. You'll find that these three beasts or animal coincide with the image that Nebuchadnezzar had, that had the head that he dreamed, had the head of gold, the arms and breast of silver, and uh, the girdle of brass that was representing Babylon, Medo-Persia, and Greece. And then the iron feet and legs, that of course was the following kingdom, which was Rome. Now the reason I brought these to you tonight so that you'd understand that the beast who they represented and uh, what they are. Now we're going to open our Bibles tonight to the book of Revelation. Now most of us are interested in Revelation, I think. I have been for many years, and it has been... It has been um, one of my sugar sticks, and I've taught it in seminars, and I've, I've spent many, many years digging in this book and still don't have all the answers, but uh, I understand a few things. The book of Revelation is not really that hard to understand. First of all, it is not written in chronological order. You don't take by book 1, 2, 3, 4, chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, and events happen like it says. The biggest mistake a lot of people make concerning the book of Revelation is they, they want to get into it, and they think it's going to tell them all what the future is going to be. That's not true. The book of Revelation does not tell you all the future is going to be. The main purpose for the book of Revelation if you'll open your Bibles to the very first chapter of the book of Revelation. This will help you in the future reading this book. Brother Tony, what are the first words that you read on that page? You hear what he said? What does yours say, Brother Markham? What does yours say, Emilio? It says the revelation of Jesus Christ. Think on that a minute. The book of Acts is written as the Acts of the Apostles. It tells us what the Apostles done. And we base our salvation on what the apostles done. Is that true? Now, this first reading says, the re what is a revelation? Somebody want to tell me? What do you, what do you, would you consider a revelation? What? Something gets brought to you, the light turns on, all of a sudden you, yeah, I see it. Yeah, why? Simple. Did you ever help your kids do something in, in school? And uh, you're trying to tell them over and over. Now you add this and this together. 
and they just can't see it. Then pretty soon you, you get it through their skull and they find, oh, yeah, I, fi I finally understand. They got the revelation. Now, what's the book of Revelation for? It says it is the revelation of Jesus Christ. I hope you can understand that. It is not a book of future events. It's not a book to tell you how things are going to turn out. It is a book to tell you who Jesus Christ is and what he is and what he means to the church. The revelation of Jesus Christ is what that book says. So it tells us, thing. now the whole book of Revelation is written in symbols. We'll find, as we read on a little later, we'll find about uh, beasts and such as that. And I'll say this, you'll never see a beast like it's described in the book of Revelation, walking down Nile Street, stomping on cars and cho chewing up buildings and spitting them out. You'll never see those. You'll never see an animal with four or five heads and horns going out of them, and you, you just won't see them because that's symbols of something else. So we're going to talk about these. Now, the reason I read Daniel first was... Daniel said, I saw a, a beast. And out of that beast, of course, he referred to the lion. He called it a beast, which, of course, was a power, Babylon. Then he saw another beast, which was a bear, power, Medo-Persia. Then he saw another beast, which was power, Greece. Then he saw a fourth beast that was different than all the rest of them, a power, what kind of power? The following one. You have Babylon followed by Medo-Persia. Then you have Medo-Persia followed by Greece. Then you have Greece followed by the Roman Empire. All of these are identified as beasts. Now, let's open our Bibles to the book of Revelation, chapter 13. 13 is one of the most intriguing chapters of the whole book of Revelation. To me it is. And a lot of people have stumbled all over this chapter trying to figure out what it says. Now, do you have, do you have something to mark in your Bible with? Pens, pencils, something? Okay. To start with, I want you to make a mark. And I want you to go down to verse 11. And when you find verse 11, between the verses 10 and 11, where 10 ends and 11 begins, you need to draw a line between those two verses, just a straight line crossways. What you're doing is you're separating those two verses. That's between... 10 and 11. Now, if it would help you any, you might, on the top side of that line, if you run it out past the, uh, uh, into your margin, uh, you just might put a little arrow pointing up on top of the line, a little arrow pointing down on the bottom of the line. And we'll come to that later. 
Can anybody tell me about the 17th and 18th chapter? What in the world is that those two chapters talking about? Who knows? What, James? All right. 17, is eight, 17 and 18, you understand. Does anyone not understand the 17th and 18th chapter of the book of Revelation? Don't be afraid to raise your hand. I went through it a couple times. 17th and 18th chapter of Revelation is talking about the false church. Chapter 21 and 22 is talking about the true church. So when you read those two, those four chapters, two talking about the false, two talking about the true, you separate those and you know what those are. So you understand those four chapters, I hope. I hope you understand them. Now I want you to understand tonight when we get through chapter 13. We'll maybe go through Revelation as time goes by, one chapter at a time. And if we can get you to understand this, it'll take a lot of the mystery out of what people have been looking for for years. All right, verse number 1, Revelation chapter 13. It says, And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast. What's a beast? A power. So he saw a power coming up out of what? The sea. Someone read Revelation 17 verse 1 real loud for me. Re Revelation 17 1. There came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials and he talked with me. Come here. I'll show you the judgment of the great whore that sit upon many waters. Now, read for me also, brother, verse 15, that same chapter. He said unto me, The waters which you saw, where the horse sits, easy, the waters are what? People and multitudes, nations, and tongues. The water. John said, I saw a beast coming out of the water, out of the sea. Mediterranean Sea, Salton Sea. What sea? The scripture says the waters, the sea, represented people. Multitudes of people. Are you following me? Now let's go back. Revelation 13. John said, I stood upon the sand of the sea on the shores, on the sidelines of a lot of people. 
And I saw a power. Are you reading? Come up out of these people. Now, I just think I felt something I don't want to feel. I'm going to have to back up. I don't want you thinking we're twisting this and making it say what we want it to say. If we will use Scripture to interpret Scripture, we'll stay out of a lot of trouble. Now, did not the Scriptures say that the waters was multitudes and peoples and tongues? Is that what's represented by the seas? Are not the beasts representing powers? Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, beast. John said, I saw the beast. So if we paraphrase that, and that's where I got in trouble just a minute ago, I felt it bounce back at me. John said, I saw, I stood on the shore or on the sidelines, of the sea, representative of a lot of people. He stood back and looked out and saw multitudes of people. And he saw this beast or a power come up out of those multitudes of people. Now, we got that straight? It took hold that time. Having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. Now, lest I spend many, many hours on identifying all of these horns and heads and crowns, I want you to just look at one thing and set upon the heads, all ten of them, it said the name of blasphemy. Without taking the time to identify them tonight, I, I want to get through this whole chapter. If I identify them all now, we'll get through chapter 2. I mean verse 2. Okay. Now, and the beast which I saw, John said the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard. This thing that come up, out of all these people was like a leopard. Now, if we compare what Daniel saw, who's the leopard he's referring to? He said, I saw this beast come up, and it was like unto the Grecians or the Greeks. And his feet were as the feet of what? And then he said it had a mouth. And the mouth was what? Did I did I go too fast there? 
Mouth was a mouth of a lion. Now, look what we have. Daniel said the lion, the bear, and the leopard. They represent Babylon, Medo-Persia, and Greece. Those were the folks that control what is called the city of Babylon. That's the many peoples. He said he saw them. This was one beast he saw, and that one beast was mixed of all three of these. He had the Grecians, the Medo-Persians, the Babylons. He had all of them mixed together in one body. Still haven't lost you, have I? Now I need someone to get for me real loud. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 2. Real loud, somebody. Twenty and verse two. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil. He's Satan. Notice, he laid hold on who? Who did it say? The dragon. Who is the dragon? Read it. Who did it say it was? The devil. The dragon is the devil. Now let's go back to the 13th chapter. The beast which I saw was like unto the Grecians. His feet was that of the Medo-Persians. His mouth was that of, of the Grecians. Did I get mixed up, mix them up? You know where we are anyway. And the dragon. Who is that? This beast that John saw that was mixed of all three of those countries. This fourth beast. Where to get its strength? Where to get its power? Are you listening? Who gave it to him? So if the devil give this fourth beast his power, that simply means that he's out of hell. He's promoting ungodly things. He is inspired by the devil. Man, I can't seem to get that to sink in. I want you to understand this. John saw out of all these people, he looked back through time, and he, he right then, he, he was under, he, he looked back and he saw Greece, media person, he looked way back till Daniel's day, he saw all those people, and out of all those people come a fourth beast. It was different. It wasn't like the lions, which is Babylon. They weren't all Babylonians. It wasn't like, it wasn't like the bear. They weren't all Persians. It wasn't like the leopard, which was all Grecians. said, I, I saw this thing. It was made up of everybody. 
And this feast or this power that rose out of all these people, it was prodded by the devil. Get in there. Get in there. Come on. Let's get this thing going. The devil is the one that put him in his place. Inspired by the devil. And look, said the dragon gave him his power. It gave him his seat. That meant his place of authority, his, his, his headquarters. Where's the county seat of this county? Every county has a seat. Our government has a seat in Washington, D.C. The devil gave him his place. Is that what it said? And the devil gave him his great authority. The power and the strength of that fourth beast, his strength and power came from the devil. And I saw one of the heads as it were wounded to death. Something happened. One of those heads had a bruise and probably blood dripping off of it. And it looked like it's about to die. In the days of John, the power that then was was the imperial what they call the Imperial Rome. You see, all of these, Babylon, they all worshipped in the same manner. They all had the same doctrine, everything, and just passed down from one to another. Finally, this beast took, uh, got in control. The devil put him in control. And his power was by the devil that said one of his heads were wounded. That, that imperial power, um, that's what it was called back when it was just under the Romans, the imperial power. That imperial power had a revolution and you have heard now of the Western Empire and the Eastern Empire, I'm sure. Rome was divided into two parts, the Western and the Eastern. It looked like when that revolution came and that imperial power was overthrown that it was done for. It looked like it couldn't survive. It had such a blow to it, it looked like it was finished. Somehow, we find in that verse 3, it says, And his deadly wound was healed. That's when the Western Empire, part of Rome, picked up and grew stronger and put that thing back together. 
and all the world wandered after that power. When that thing grew strength and got going again, it was more powerful than when it was in Daniel's day in Babylon. When it gained its strength, it had more power than Alexander the Great from Greece. It got enough power that the whole world wandered after this beast. Now, I'm pronouncing that word, but you're not reading it. What does that word say? It doesn't say wander. It says wonder. Spelled with an O. Marveled. Adored. Cherished. Wonderful. Tremendous. Great. The whole world wondered after that fourth power. Verse 4, the whole world says, and they worshipped, are you reading? Worshipped who? Who's that? They worshipped the devil. Now you might say, well, who would ever worship the devil? Who would ever think of that? If you go into what is called the Nimrod Nimrod cult system, you'll find that they worship Lucifer as, as the light. Well, take for example, I don't have time to go into it, but take about the seven-headed serpent in the, in the uh, zodiac. That's because they worship Lucifer. That's why, that's why you find that, that the, the signs of the zodiac today have all these different signs, and that come the head, seven-headed serpent, and that they, they worship Lucifer as the life giver. And so they worshipped the devil, which gave power to this. You follow me? They worshipped the thing that gave them the power. And they said, who is like unto this new power? Notice there what says the whole world wondered. When you take in the whole world... It took on the name of universal because it was universal worship. The whole world worshiped. And it was a universal worship. Got its power and strength straight from hell. Who is able to make war with this power? Let me ask you this. Does anyone know the history of all of Babylon? How it was overthrown? I taught her time or two. You didn't listen. That's where they had the walls with the water going around the outside and the river Euphrates running under it. Had steel bars going down to the river so nothing could come under it. But when, they, when God got ready to have it overthrown, 
they were so relaxed, they had the steel bars up. The media person was upstream. They had a big reservoir dug out there, and they dammed up the river and diverted all the water in there. While the water turned into that reservoir, it went down as it run through the city, and they had the horsemen at the gates, and they rode under the gates, and there they went in, and that's when the Medo Persians took over. Then we find that after a while, uh, Greece, Alexander the Great, come by and overthrew the Medo Persia. But when the Rome come into existence and power, tell me, from the time it came into power and took over Greece, Think, think, has Rome ever been conquered to this day? Who's ever fought against it and could conquer it? Isn't Rome still in effect today? No one has conquered Rome. It said, who can make war? Right now, we find that the Vatican demands, demands armies around the globe. But yet, the Vatican has no army of its own. Doesn't have, doesn't have an army. But yet, it controls all the armies. Who can make war with that? You know why no one can make war with it? Because the whole world has wandered after it, and now its doctrines, its teachings, its beliefs has went worldwide. You dare not fight against Rome. You dare not denounce Rome. Brother Clark told me something. I, I really think the guy lied to him. He said he heard the radio and that Pope was talking and he, the other day and he said about all the Baptists and Lutherans and all those who was gathered there and assemblies of God and everything. He said, we're all united through baptism. Is that what he said? I told Don, I'd like to have a copy of that. And he said, I'll call around. He called the radio station and said he'd like to get a copy of that. And I think the guy lied to him, but it might be true. What did you say he told you? They won't release it without a what? A court order? They won't release the Pope's word without a court order. That means you got to go to court, get a judge, go through court to get... You can't fight against Rome. You can't fight against Rome. It's been tried to be fought against before. And everyone that ever fought against Rome become drowned in their own blood. There have been more bloodshed from Rome than all the wars that we've ever fought put together. You don't fight against Rome. It's worldwide. Let's go a little farther. This Western, this new Western world, I, I guess I should have you draw a line through the middle of verse 3 where it says, uh, and I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death. You need to draw a line right there between that and the next words. Because at that point, 
And where it says that we're wounded to death, that's speaking of the imperial Roman Empire down to that verse. And from the middle of that verse forward, we're talking now about the Western Rome. It says, there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. He opened his mouth and blasphemy against God. To blaspheme his name and his tabernacle. And them that dwell in heaven. He opened his mouth in blasphemy. Against God. Who did? This Western power. This Western Roman government. Opened his mouth in blasphemy against God. And against, against what? His tabernacle. Think on that. And them that dwell in heaven. Verse 7. And it was given unto this western power to make war with the saints, the church, and to overcome them. Who gave him that power to do that? The devil did. Gave him power over... All, notice this, and power was given to him over what? All kindreds. That goes all the way back through Greece, Medo-Persia, Babylon, down through all the Asian countries, European countries, every country in the world, even our American countries. Don't think he doesn't have power, friend. Even when we come to the United States, they all bow to him. Verse 8. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him except those that are baptized in Jesus' name and have the Holy Ghost. Read that. Did I change that? Did I make it say something it doesn't say? Are you paying attention? What did that say? I, I, some, somebody fell off the wagon. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life. System should be killed. Who's going to give the power now? The image. back up again. Some of y'all's ears are closed. He had power to give life unto the image of the beast. That the image of the beast should both speak and cause his believers to not worship the image of that system. Hey, did you notice what he done? He just transferred the power. Did you see what I just done? He transferred the power. 
You didn't catch that? Back up. This system told the whole world, we need to make an image. And the system said, we're going to give this image power to speak. And then he turned around and said, notice. He had power to give life to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many. Who's causing it? The image. It's causing those that would not worship the image. Did it soak in yet? The image. Now, Mary Reuben, i got to draw a picture. It's just not soaking in. system do we vote to give him power and they all say we give him power and the image receives the power that he can speak did it say that and then he said he gave him power that anybody that would not worship this image the image has that won't worship this image. Read that. Bless your heart. It seems like I'm having a hard time getting that through your skull. The system gave, put the image up. Then the system gave the image time. Now, whatever you say is law, whatever you say goes, we'll bow to you. And then he says, if anybody don't worship this image, this image can do what? Are you comprehending now? It's soaking in a little better. Then it would not worship the image. Would not, let's see, should be killed. And he causes all this he who. Both little ones and big ones, rich ones and poor, free and bound to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And no man might buy or sell except him that has Easy now. Easy now. That has what? That's not all you have to have. In fact, you wouldn't even have to have that. You see that next word after Mark? O-R. He said he'll give power to those that can't buy or sell except, except those that have his mark. 
or maybe not the mark that has his name. And maybe neither of those, but has his number. That image. I need some more, Ruben. If you don't worship this image, he has the power to have you killed. He has the power to tell anybody and everybody, if you don't have my name or my number or my mark, he said, we'll boycott your store and not buy groceries from you. Our delivery men will not deliver to you anymore. Hey, friend, let me tell you something. That is happening today in the, in the Catholic-dominated countries. It doesn't work, work so much in the United States because we're not a Catholic country per se. But you take any country that's dominated by Catholicism, those delivery wagons that deliver meat to the market, and those countries that buy meat from that market are all connected with Catholicism. The Holy Ghost leaves the Catholic Church. All right, you vendors, don't take him any more meat. He can't get anything brought to him. All the customers won't go and trade with him anymore because he's a heretic now. He can't buy or sell because he's not a Catholic. There's been many of them froze out because they become heretics and left the Catholic doctrine. And here's the man that has that power to do that. Thank you, image. Now it says, verse 18, here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the system. For it is a number of a man, and his number is 603 score and six. Now, I want you to turn your volume up a little bit on your hearing. This number, 666, has a lot of people shook up. And they got the idea that they got to shun that number because it's really going to be bad. Now, let me tell you something. You will, well, I know this is going to go over big. You will never see three sixes stamped on everybody's head and everybody's hand. You will not see it. You will not see it. If they are going to stamp three sixes on everybody in the world's head, they won't be able to tell you from any more than they can right now. Everybody has the same marking as they do now. Now you have nothing. They don't know you from that next guy. Everybody gets the same marking, you still got the same thing. Someone says, that's a social security number. No, it's not. No, every country doesn't have a social security number. 
And this is every nation, country, tongue, everything. Now, this said, let him that hath wisdom do what? Count the number. Now, let me tell you something. These three sixes have absolutely nothing, everybody say nothing, to do with you. It does not affect you at all. That is not your number. That number is an identification number for the church to figure out who is this beast that will destroy everything. And when we can identify who that beast is, we know to stay clear of it. The three sixes are for identification purposes for the church to identify who the trouble is. It has nothing to do with you. Look at that verse. Boy, I know that and kind of hit bottom. Look at that verse again. That last verse. Verse 18. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of what? Of what? The beast. Is that you? You're not part of the beast. Unless you're in unity with them by a few factors. But he said, let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. So we're told to count the number of that system. All right, let's, let's do that. First of all, I told you that the lion represented Babylon. Babylon means confusion. Babylon is the city where the Nimrod cult got its foothold. Now Babylon was built and dedicated to the planet Saturn. In fact, as time went on, here's something that might you may not know, when Rome moved, or when they moved to Rome, there was a name that was in that area that was not Rome. It had a different name. The name of the city that is now called Rome used to be Saturnalia. Saturnalia was the name of the place that is now called Rome. It wasn't always Rome. It was Saturnalia. Saturnalia means city of God or city of of uh, Saturn. Now, Saturnalia is, a, is another name for Nimrod. Now, we know that the Babylonians, if you remember when Daniel was called in to read the handwriting on the wall and such as that, they called in the soothsayers. They called in the Chaldeans. Who are the Chaldeans? That's the Babylonians. Magicians. Witchcraft. The Chaldeans. Now, in the 
mysteries of the original Chaldean cults when someone was going to be uh, initiated as a minister, high priest, into the Saturnalia religion or the Chaldean mystery religion. They had a secret name that they initiated them with, and it was part of the name Saturn, which is, of course, the planet, which is, of course, the, um, the name of Nimrod. That name, that name that um, they gave them as a secret name was Stur, S-T-U-R. That is short for Saturn and Nimrod. Now, in that Chaldean alphabet, S represented 60 and T is 400, U is 6 and R is 200. Add those up, the old Chaldean system, Nimrod system, the beast that came out of there, count the number, is 666. That's what the Bible said it would be. Now, after the Chaldeans came, or after the uh, Babylonian system changed, we find that we go to Rome, and... Uh, in Rome, they speak the Latin language. Follow me? They speak the Latin language in Rome. The word Latinos in Latin. What do you think the Pope speak now in their, in their masses? When they have the meeting, they speak Latin. Latinos, L means 30, A is 1, T is 300, E is 5, I is 10, N is 50, 0 is 70, S is 200. Add it up, you still got 666. So now you've got the original Babylonian system as up to three sixes. You've got the language as up to three sixes. We find out that the Roman numerals that is used by Romans, they only had six letters that they put numbers with. And those six letters were D, C, L, X, V, I. All other numbers were a combination of these. For example, the letter M that we see for 1,000 originally came from two Ds, one right behind the other. 500 and 500 makes 1,000. Two Ds, side by side. Eventually, they just took that two Ds, very simple to make an M out of that, and evolved into an M. But the original only had six letters, and those six letters add up to 666. That's the Roman alphabet. Now you have the original Babylonian system, you have the Latino language, and you have the, the Roman alphabet. All three of those add up to three sixes. The Bible says count the number to see who the beast is. Now, also, there is every pope that is initiated, every pope that comes into power is given a crown. And that crown is three layers. The three layers represent that he is 
the ruler of heaven and earth and hell. And in that crown, there is inscribed in Latin, or in Roman numerals, if you want to put that way, a name. And that name means Vicar of Christ. Substitute for Jesus Christ. We don't need Jesus Christ. We've got this fellow. We don't need Jesus Christ. This man has the answer. So in his crown, inscribed, is the word Fini Vicarius Di, F-I-L-I-I, V-I-C-A-R-I-V-S, or I-U-S. U and V is the same thing. And D-E-I. All right, now notice, if you add that up, that's in his crown. F has no value. I is 1, L is 50, I, I is 1, 1, V is 5, I is 1, C is 100, A and R has no value, I is 1, V is 5, S no value, D is 500, E is no value, and I is 1. Add those up, and it's crowned, 666. We've got the Latin language the original Babylonian system. We've got the Roman alphabet, and we've got the name in the Pope's crown. The Bible said, count the number and see who this man is that causes the problem. Have we counted his number? The letters that are left out have no value. F-A-R-S-E, they don't mean anything. I was at count the number, and his number is 600, three score and six. Now, again I say, there's a lot of people that have no idea. They're looking for someday there's going to be an Antichrist come. He's going to cause everybody to receive a mark in their hand, and they're preaching that and teaching that even in our groups that the church is going to be gone one of these days and all that Antichrist is going to come and rule the throne and then, then you that's left here are going to have to bow down to that Antichrist. Friend, let me tell you, that's right now the reason people are leaving out our organization is because they don't believe the message because they don't know who the Antichrist is. And now the whole world is following after them. Well, I told you not long ago that one of our preachers brought his wife up on the platform held his hair in her hands, and if this be a sin, God strike me dead, and cut her hair off, and he stood and held his hair as she walked off the platform. See, God didn't hold. And let me tell you something. The Bible tells us we can't do that, but the doctrines of the world tell us it doesn't matter. That's why we need to know what thus saith the word. If we're united through baptism into the Roman Catholic Church, the only way I know to get disaffiliated with them be baptized in Jesus' name. And if their symbol, I asked someone one time about a question, and it was obviously the answer was yes. Instead of them saying yes, they said, is the Pope Catholic? That was their answer. Well, you don't see a Pope in the assemblies. You don't see a Pope in anything. 
The Pope is the symbol of the religion. The Pope is the image of the religion. So when he said in that scripture, let us make an image, he's talking about that's when they put the papacy in. From that scripture on, from that scripture on, what verse was that? Let us make an image, verse 11. Is that what it was? What verse? He gave him power and said, make, let us make an image. 14. At that verse, 14, when he said they would make an image, that's when they put the first pope into power, right there. Before then, they had no popes. That was the first pope. That image they put in, that pope was their new image that represented Catholicism. So when he said, let's make an image, the image they made was a new pope. And from that day forward, the pope now has all power over heaven and earth. So you might want to circle that in your Bible there. That image is their representative. It's their, it's their identification mark. Now, I guess there's not much reason for me to go into that number in your hand or in your forehead. You probably understand that. But let me tell you something. You'll never get three sixes coming to your hand, and you have to go down to the grocery store, and your kids start to death because you can't eat. See? It's not a sin if you don't buy a loaf of bread. It's not a sin if you do buy a loaf of bread. God doesn't really care if you starve to death as long as you're faithful to him. Hey, just back this up. That went over your head. You might say, oh, Brother Burton, my kids are hungry, and I've got to have some milk and some bread, and I can't buy without a mark. And so you go to the grocery store, and your kids are hungry. Mama, Mama, I'm hungry. And you say, I can't stand it no more. Okay, stamp it so I can buy some bread. Now you're doomed for hell because you bought some bread. Hey, God doesn't care. Every apostle died a martyr's death but John. What he does care is how you die. Do you die in the faith? Or do you die part of that beast? Let me ask you this. What is the marks of Catholicism? How can you identify the Catholics? How can you identify them? Anyone know? You identify them by their doctrine. They make the sign of the cross, and they make the sign of the, you know, like this, and, and uh, everything they do is in the Father, the triune being of God. That's their marks. The mark of the Catholic Church is the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That's the mark. What's your mark? I mean, we deny the Trinity, don't we? And we're marked. We're Jesus-named people. The Bible says you're sealed in your forehead. You've got your Father's name in your forehead. I mean, when you think of God, who do you think of? Jesus. When you talk about the Holy Ghost, do you think Jesus? It's there. Is your name, is his name in your forehead, Emilio? Let me see your hand. You don't see this is Father's name in there, do you? You believe his name is there? Why can't you see it? 
if you cannot see our father's name in our forehead, what makes you think you can see their father's name in theirs? I'll tell you something. You watch a Trinitarian come in this church and we start preaching against the Trinity. I didn't, I didn't want to tell you this, but I will. Someone told me that. Here a long time ago, we had some visitors come. Uh, Ron and Kathy. Right? They were coming pretty regular, doing pretty good. One day I preached against the Catholic Church. They quit coming. It was a long time before they come back. Finally, they, she come back a few times, and then after she come a few times, she talked to him to come one or two times, and uh, someone saw them and asked them, why, why, what's the matter? He hasn't coming. They let him know that preacher preached against the Catholic Church. I made them mad because I offended that name that's in their forehead. I mean, you can't fool with the Trinity. I mean, that's sacred ground. You deny the Trinity, you're, you're, you're bound for hell. That's what they got in their forehead. Huh? Huh. Now then, here comes this guy in my office Sunday morning, claims to have the Holy Ghost, claims to talk in tongues, and he goes out and he buys a medallion and and man, he he just he just I mean him and the Pope's in good business. I mean they're friends. You know what he just got through doing? He just got it in his right hand. I'm fellowship in Trinitarian doctrine. I'm I'm fellowship in the Catholic Church. I'm fellowship in the Pope. Uh, praise God. Hey. I got nothing to do with him. If they put us in their group through baptism, we take them out of their group through baptism. Didn't the scripture say, those that had gotten victory over the beast? There's one right there that got victory over the beast. Did he have you, John? Did he have you, John? Did he have you, Reuben? Did he have you, Sammy? Did he have you? Susie, did you fight for the Trinity like you fight for the oneness? Didn't know the difference, did you? Well, I tell you what, you don't want to get her fired up by only Trinity people. I mean, she'll nail you to the wall. But we got victory over the beast because they got her out of that. They had the mark. They were part of it. But we got them out of it. Just like he got them in through baptism, we took them out through baptism. The Bible said you're sealed by the Holy Ghost, and the Bible said you're sealed in your forehead with your Father's name. It does say that, don't it? I don't have all the scriptures because I know it's going to be a long time, so it didn't mean put them down, but you're smart enough to know. Now, let me say this. What I'm teaching you tonight is not orthodox teaching. It is not common with everybody. There's probably not another church in town teaches the same thing that believes this. Now, when you go out of here tonight and you want to go share with some of your friends somewhere else, you're going to get me in a lot of trouble. I mean, I, I'm not afraid of what they're going to do because I know the truth. But I think I understand the 13th chapter. Do you understand it any better than you did? Does that make any sense? Now, if you can understand the 13th chapter, 
you'll read reading some of the other chapters and they'll just fall in place if you if you use the same pattern use the same pattern the sea the beast the image you know you remember what it said all these others start falling in place and the first thing you know you say the book of revelation not really is, really is hard to understand as you think it is now one more word of caution i've got to say i was so proud of you when a preacher came by and he preached about the city and they didn't know what he said and they were all you come alive, he still don't know what he said. We didn't talk about it. But you're going to have some preachers come by and they're going to preach about the Antichrist and we'll give you a stamp and a mark and you're going to run, you know, this and that. Don't, don't freeze them out. I mean, you can say hallelujah, glory to God or something, but, but don't sit down on them and they, they feel like they run up against a stump. They just... Because they can feel it when you when you sit down. Just just go on about your business and say, well, come on, when you get through that, we'll get back on the rest of your preaching. Because you can, uh, you don't want to sit down on them, make them, you know, feel like they've done something wrong. Uh, but not everybody knows this. Not everybody knows this. And there's a lot of times people come by and they start preaching things that uh, you don't know, maybe the meaning and. I had to just kind of sit there and, and just uh, wait till they get over the hump and go on something else. But I, I don't want to become to a place where a preacher can't preach here because they may see things a little bit different. So when one preaches and uh, he mentions something about uh, the Antichrist coming and they're going to go to Jerusalem and build a tabernacle and there, they're going to give up a bull and take the place of Jesus' blood. You know, don't freeze him. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. One thing I don't want you to have is a lack of knowledge. Now, if you'll get what I'm trying to tell you, what this 13th chapter of Revelation says, you'll, it'll make you love truth more and make you understand the word more. You won't have trouble going like the world's going and the way the church is going because you're going to know it. Everyone said praise the Lord. Now, on this 13th chapter that we just covered, how many are so confused you don't even know what it said? Just, just me, huh? <laughs> Do you feel like you see a little bit more than you did before? Go home and read it. I hope you've taken notes and... Uh, if you want to, I dare you to do this. I've already done it, so I, I, I don't, I'm not afraid to dare you. You take these lines I had you draw in the middle of verse 3 and down at verse 10 and 11. You take those, and you go to any encyclopedia or history book you want to and see if it doesn't tell you when the Roman Empire changed hands and when they put the Pope in. Check it out. I've already done it. But if you just want to make sure I'm not telling you something right, well, check it. I would be glad that you did. Praise God. Everyone said praise the Lord. Well, let's stand. After you have digested some of this, we, I, I can't continually stay on the subject because it gets in my blood and I'll never shut it off. You'll get tired of hearing it. So I, I won't be preaching again for a little while on it. But once you digest this, I'll throw in another chapter, then you'll find out they all begin to fit right together, one with another.
Praise God. Everyone said praise the Lord. Praise God. Shake everybody's hand before you leave. Greet everybody in Jesus' name.